Well, did you know that this movie had 4 minutes and 18 seconds cut from it? Yeah, kind we'll of? never we'll never see it. It felt like it a little, a little. But... Also, this movie's fucking rad. If you haven't seen it yet, stop the podcast. Go watch it. Yeah. It's it's an hour and 26 minutes, which is a I think I've said that exact number before. Like it's a good length for a movie. It's not it doesn't overstay its one. It's one. It's one podcast episode. It's one normal podcast episode. It's like five of ours, but it's exactly one. One, one last podcast on the left worth of yeah, time. Exactly. Hey, Gamerine, how's your mac and cheese? He's still eating it. Goodbye, Gamerine. You mean that garbage my mom made because she ruined the secret recipe? The secret putting crap. real cheese in it. Gross. I know, yeah, the secret real cheese. Mm, there's nothing. There's no room for anything but chemicals in my. Cheese in should my be a bright orange powder. Hey, do you hear they changed what they used to make an orange, and now it like fucking stains your bowls? Like, great job! <laughs> it's a natural colorant now, and it's fucked everything up. Awesome. Yep. Anyway, this is the Chudcast, and we watched uh, Leatherface: Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Uh, this movie a... fucking ruled. Yeah, we were, so we had all, like, got into it reading the Wikipedia article, well, mostly. I didn't um, even. Okay, well, may- maybe it was just me then. I don't know. One third of us had actually done the research. And um, so according to Wikipedia and just what we looked at, or what I looked at anyways, in terms of the reviews, this movie rated and performed at the box office fairly poorly. Like, it wouldn't, like, this would this would be the worst performing Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie until the next one came out, which we have already seen. Check out that episode because it is nightmarish and I will not, I will never ever watch that movie again. But, How is this uh, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes? This was really I bad. don't know. This is like, this is one of the better movies we've watched on this podcast so far. Like it's really, it's really fantastic. It is a competent slasher movie? Like it has a low body count, yeah. which I already, I already established that these Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies already kind of have the lower body counts than a typical Friday yeah. with Halloween. But some of these deaths in this movie make up for it, and some of them actually make this people is, very unsettled. Yeah, this movie is an extremely deft retread because every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, you know, one, two basically follows one, and three also basically follows one too. But like. There's there's definite skill in how they redid it, and it's it's really good. Like it's executed extremely well. Like there there's not too much gore in this. Uh, the the Wikipedia article also happened to mention that the reason for so many people rating it so lowly was apparently there was some content cut that uh, was too violent. So they could so the only way they could get the R rating was to cut all the extreme gore. But I don't really see how that would have affected continuity unless, like, someone's severed arm becomes a major plot device. So See, that's the tough part is I don't know exactly where the gore was. If they cut out an entire four minutes, I'm trying to, like, piece together, like, what what scenes existed, where they found that, that many yeah. minutes of gore to actually cut out. Because I, I, yeah, I can't really trace it. I could think of some scenes. If Yeah, but... But, but, but the thing is, it's just so mystifying because I'm not sure what they're talking about because this movie is fairly coherent. Like, it, well, 
like you know it's a texas chainsaw movie so there's certain like logical leaps you know like why the fuck would they stop right after they were threatened by a chainsaw murder and stuff like that but um and after the police chief explicitly told them not to but like overall this movie is like i never got a sense that we didn't know why something was happening you know it's kind of a a good comparison between this and four is that that damaged fresco of Jesus turning into the horrible hedgehog Jesus. Like this is the perfectly good, maybe some smudges, but otherwise fine movie that four basically tried to replicate and did the world's worst ever job of doing essentially. Yeah. I could probably have directed a different movie. I say that never having directed a major motion picture in my life, but you know, how hard can it be? They, let, they let Adam Sandler direct like five Netflix movies a year. God, how does that keep happening? Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by Adam Sandler. I would watch that. I would watch it, that in a it heartbeat. It would still be better than four somehow. I think. Oh, yeah. No. And and it, it wouldn't even be a really good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie because they'd, they'd contrive some reason for Leatherface to go to Cabo or something. And then, God, can you just imagine Leatherface in shorts? I can. Shorts, shorts, but made out of people's thighs. Oh man, he's got a thigh suit, and he'd be like different different levels of hairiness on his his, his thigh short legs. <laughs> what would his uh, bathing suit top would be? Would he be one? Or oh God, he... um, that's a micro that's a good micro micro banana hammock except it's made out of exactly what you'd expect oh. anyways moving on uh, yeah this movie uh, it can be yeah, summarized movie. pretty quickly it kind of follows the ex- so i want to say like texas chainsaw are kind of like like a long-running jrpg series where they just recycle the same story in every game but they change to this and that and it's a fresh one technically they basically just do the texas chainsaw routine again you've got a traveling couple um Michelle and Ryan, and they're they're going wow. through Texas to deliver a car to their dad. I didn't really get that. They're delivering a car to Florida to their dad. Yeah, it's a long trip, and they're from California. And there's a little mockery of that, but I, it seems like kind of a drop plot point. Like they were going to make that a bigger deal. Like, oh, the culture difference. Oh, they dress different. Oh, they act different. But no, it's just kind of like no, they're just they're just hapless horror movie characters. It doesn't really play in that much, but they are. Basically, they stop at a gas station where there is a carbon copy of uh, first movie. What was the guy's name with the the Polaroids? Uh, hang on, I'm trying to think. Uh, it starts with a D. It doesn't matter because he's just the guy who does Polaroids, and he has a carbon copy, just like how Sid appears in every Final Fantasy. You got a creepy guy like this in every Chainsaw movie, and he pumps the gas real creepy, like and. There was kind of a fun, creepy sexual shot of the fact that they're driving an old car with the gas tank in the back. And like you see him in the rearview mirror gassing it up. And it's like, ooh, yeah. could have done without that. But I get your point. Um, and then they they hit an armadillo. And you've got an oh, initial wow. shot of Michelle hesitating to finish it off with a rock. And so uh, he just does it instead. And then later, that comes back in a pretty, pretty effective way. Pretty, pretty excellent callback. I, yeah. I really like that. It was a solid scene, and basically, the the standard Texas Chainsaw thing happens in that they're given intentionally bad directions by people who turned out to have been in on it together. They swerve off the road and they meet up with uh, 
Benny, who is a survivalist and veteran, and they all get drawn into the uh, family of rednecks doing yeah, cannibalism they, to feed grandpa plot. They swerve a little bit on survivalist guy whose name I already just by saw. accident. Benny, first, yeah, Benny. Benny. They Benny, almost hit Benny yeah. just from both of them kind of going well, on no, the same well, road. No, well, no, well, no, I wasn't saying in the driving sense. I was saying they kind of pull a fast one on you by making you think that Benny is the one that's in on it because he gives them. Um, Painkillers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gives them painkillers. They're both injured from sleepy. the crash. Yeah, they're both injured from the crash, and he gives them painkillers that make them feel sleepy. And the immediate thought is like, oh, he's knocking them out so he can take them to the rednecks. And it turns out, no, he's actually not in on it. Those were actually painkillers, and he was trying to help the whole time. <laughs> well, and, and what that accomplishes is that it actually builds some some tension. Like it, it yeah. it's it's in the woods. It's dark. You don't know who is friend or foe. You know that the Texas Chainsaw people are out there someplace, but they haven't been fully introduced in their full detail yet. And the movie actually builds some pretty effective tension in dark in the woods, and you're you're wondering how it's going to play out. And that's like the middle uh, twenty thirty. Oh, 20, almost 30 minutes of the movie is just them kind of bumbling around in the woods, but it doesn't feel like a waste of time. It's it's building the tension pretty effectively. Um, it's a contrast to the first movie in that that was daylight horror for the most part. Like that did a lot of very effective, you know, it's it's bright outside or it's you're indoors, but it's still well lit. This, this goes more traditional horror movie in that it is people kind of stumbling around in the dark, but it does that perfectly well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it does that. It does that all right. Like, like the nighttime scenes are well done, and generally, you know, because like the uh, the Leatherface family lays a bunch of traps out there. So you know, you've got like the survivalist guy creeping through, trying to avoid all these trip wires and not getting owned. Thank God. And um, yeah, it's good. It's good shit. The characters seem to have just enough genre awareness that you're not just yelling, don't do that, don't do that obviously bad horror movie thing. Like, they, yeah. they've got a little survival instinct, which is good. I like the fact yeah, that yeah. there's a part in the movie where, um, <clears throat> like, it's a good piece of suspension because you're telling me, like, this movie get, makes really good um, use of, like, just, uh, suspense. There's a part where Benny kind of uh, catches on with the guy on the back of the truck who's supposed to, oh, I'm here to get you out of the ditch. And he looks in the back of the truck and there's a chainsaw. So he goes back to his uh, flipped over car and he starts like loading the AR-15 rounds in. And then you have like the nice shot of the road flares and he's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're doing. But that is So this movie has some legit cool shots too. Like you see, you see the uh, evil truck zip along the road with a line <laughs> of road flares and it zooms right in on the tires and it's like towards the camera. Yep. It's like, that's sweet. So good. Yeah, this, damn. God damn. Eventually, it goes to the house. So um, what you have happening is that Ryan, we thought he got killed in the woods in the initial conflict in the woods, but it turns out he was just unconscious and he gets brought back to the house. Michelle is captured alive and her hands are nailed to a chair. Um, I guess we, we kind of lost another character was that um, nope. Sarah is someone who was captured by by Leatherface. We kind of see her briefly in the start of the movie when Leatherface kills her sister. And then... Uh, she shows up in the woods again and kind of gives everyone a, a little exposition dump of what's happening. Like, oh, it's a cannibal family. They got my sister. They blah, blah, blah. And then she gets chainsawed. Like, she's the first actual, like, confirmed death in the movie. And there's a total of three good guys who get killed in the ent- entire film. Yeah. No? Wait. Wait. You've got... Uh, 
Gina, who's killed in the opening scene, okay. just to set the mood. Sarah, yep. and then eventually they they do kill Ryan. So the uh, the rest of it is yeah. Well, they they're not explicit about it, but basically it it turns into <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw typical thing. You see that it kind of establishes the idea that Leatherface is just going to sort of magnetically form an evil family no matter what he does, and that Grandpa yep. was still around. Grandpa was presumed dead in Texas Chainsaw 2 because of the grenade getting thrown down into... Grandpa Grandpa has fluctuating states of aliveness depending on which movie you're watching. So he was alive in 2, he's dead in 3-ish? He looks no, he dead. Got, he got shot up pretty... Like, it, like, the bullets caved in the front of his face. I'm going to say dead, but then he's alive again in... Well, the movie lets you think that maybe he was just dead the entire time and they're just feeding him corpse juice because they think they have to. Oh, yeah, fair enough. But And then he's alive again in four because he walks off set for no fucking reason. <laughs> he's just done. He is the saving grace of four because he does what everyone wanted to do to that movie. Just leave. He picks up a knife and leaves. <laughs> the true voice he's, of the audience. And is never seen again. But yeah, you have a new a new Texas Chainsaw family has formed, essentially. You've got uh, Viggo Mortensen playing Tex, or Edward Tex Sawyer. Uh, you've got Joe Unger playing Tink. Um, you have Mom. And then you have... Uh, a du- I think Grandpa is only ever depicted as a dummy, as far as I know. Yeah. Well, he has actors to play him, but I don't know if they had an actor for uh, Grandpa in this one. Well, it's like 100% stationary shots of him in this movie, as far as I can tell. Like, I think it literally could have just been a dummy, because he doesn't even have an actor credit in this one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that tracks. I'm going to lean dummy then. And then you also have a little girl who is not specifically named. Uh, the credits just say little girl. But the the chainsaw ritual goes off more or less as expected. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Tex and Tink who are basically enforcers who go out and find people to kill. You've got the little girl who, like, helps a little bit in the house. And you've got Mom who is who's disabled and not really able to go out and do this stuff. And then, of course, they're they're feeding Grandpa, as, as every Texas Chainsaw movie is about. Um, some of the aspects of the mythos that it kind of builds on is Leatherface's personality a little bit. Like, you see him making a new mask in the very start. Uh, you see that he likes to listen to tapes. Um... They tell you the evolution of when he learned what horny was in the second movie. It turns out he he didn't figure it out correctly, and it turns out he just likes to cut up people's genitals. He, that's all he knows them for. But the the dinner scene isn't ever fully reenacted the way the other movies do. Like, yep. how what would you like? They get part of the way there to having the helpless last girl just forced to watch and somewhat yeah. injured herself. In this one, she kind of rips herself free and partially escapes before it can get to that point. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And yeah. Um, it, it's like, you know, the dinner scene probably would have happened if not for Survivor Guy, who... Benny, sh- Benny. who yeah, fucking ben- rules. Like, who fucking there's rules. so many good sh- scenes with Benny. Who, sh- who shoots up the house when they're going to be fucking having dinner and, like, oh, God, kills Mama, R.I.P., and blows up grandpa's face injures everybody else good stuff benny significantly changes the tone of the movie because it's kind of like if texas chainsaw one had a good guy who was pretty clever and had a gun and was actually working against them and it's like eh, it it leans a little more towards action horror instead of like you know 
helpless, uncomfortable, bad things are happening, and we just sort of have to watch horror. Um, he he does realistically run out of bullets, but he still remains, you know, kind of he's competent in hand to hand because he's a veteran. He's smart about the traps because again, it connects to him being a veteran or just a survivalist. But he he's great. I, there's not enough praise for Benny. I think uh, unsung here heroes of '90s horror. He he should be way up there on the list. He's also played by Ken Forey, who was um, I can't remember who he played in Dawn of the Dead, but you may know him more recently as. Um, God, what's his name? He was in Keenan Kill. He was uh, Keenan's father. Really? Huh. Yeah, he was I haven't Mr. watched Keenan and Kill in a long time, but huh. I just like to imagine this is his character trying to escape the antics of Keenan and Kill by going into Texas to join a survivalist group. I mean, if you watch enough Keenan and Kill, I, I, I wouldn't blame him. It's tiresome, <laughs> the, the trouble these kids get into. Could you imagine this is a different movie if Keenan and Kale were somehow like conjoined into it? It's kind of a fun one to bolt onto it in the same way as you can just say straight up, hey, Malcolm in the Middle, canonical sequel to Breaking Bad. Hell yeah. Yeah. He was also in The Devil's Rejects. Oh, I'm just kind of scrolling through his list here. He did Random Pedestrian in GTA San Andreas. I like him. Ken Voorhees, a good actor. I'm a fan. Very much. Um, so the movie, it has kind of two ending portions to it. One of them is a battle between uh, Benny and shit. Which of the guys? Uh, Tink? Tex. Between Benny and Tex in the swamp, in which we believe Tex to have been killed. No, not Tex. And that, Benny, never mind. I thought I was thinking about the fire. It was Tink. It was Tink. He was in the, um, what is it called? Swamp. And then the bog, bog. The, the body bog. Um, and then we believe him to have killed him. He just like knocks him in the head with a gun and he falls in. Um, but he later comes back. And then the other component of it is uh, Michelle ripping herself free and escaping the house after uh, after Benny shoots it up and disrupts everything. So and then, it and, and then beating Leatherface to death with a rock, which is yes, that good shit. They close the circle with another another conflict in the bog where. Uh, we believe Benny to have drowned, like he goes underwater and Leatherface is, is attacking everyone. And he's in a compromised position where she is like just barely out of the water and grabs a rock and bashes Leatherface in the head until he uh, sinks into the water. So Yeah, I shouldn't say dies because in horror movies, what is dead, they never die. So Leatherface just can't. But he lives from on. there, she escapes. And you have a little bit of a rushed kind of double psych out ending scene. Yeah, like, yeah, they do. They do that. Benny yeah. catches up with her, yeah. and Tex comes and seemingly kills Benny, and then she kills Tex, and Benny turns out to have survived, and Tex, they escape. Not Tex, it's the, uh, what's the creepy um, janitor man again? Alfredo? Yeah, Tex died in a fire accident. Oh shit, I missed a perfectly good good guy to bad guy <laughs> kill, that's right. Yep. Um, Benny also kills, yeah, he also kills Tex with fire, uh, because the, the evil almost monster truck car has a punctured gas tank and Benny sets fire to that and burns Tex alive, which was sick. I was, I was holding up my beer and cheering during that. It was, it was very super good. Super power. There was like power metal going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I'm going to date this, I'm going to say that it is, there's a little bit of this style music in the very opening and then they play it again in that scene. I think it's American flavor speed metal, which overlaps with power metal to a large degree. And this is the early nineties, which is kind of a peak of, of 
speed metal as European power metal takes over. Thank you for, for Arane's uh, Pandora Station uh, biography here of <laughs> my favorite music. But it kicks ass because, you know, a perfectly good fight between Benny and Tex with this rocking guitar music. I might actually have to rip a little bit of this out and play it over this section of the cast because it is excellent. Yeah, it's it's the the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fantastic. The song that plays over the credits is a, especially a, um, a highlight. Guys just singing about Leatherface and joining him in hell, all this stuff. It's it's good shit. I think uh, Killer Clowns had a, yep. a just a self-referential type of metal song in it. It's this good has shit. it, more, yeah. Like right? uh, Nightmare on just Elm start Street putting those one. in the Conjuring cinematic universe movies. Like like more songs should just have more movies should just have self-referential songs at the end. Yeah, like, Nightmare on Elm Street yep. had um, one with uh, Fat Boy Slim. Which had okay, that's real, a little weird. Yeah, but also great. Yeah, I forgot night. One of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies had a song by the Goo Goo Dolls in it. What? Freddy's New Nightmare. Treasure Planet and one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. What a... Very good. I appreciate it. But uh, let's talk about some weird things in this movie. Like like how Leatherface has an entire chainsaw dedicated to him. Yes. They got him his own cut-right chainsaw, which has... Leatherface's super chainsaw. Which it's so did. good. Yes. What is it? This? I'm looking up the chainsaw right now because I want to see what it said on the side. It has a fucking family. engraving. The saw is family. The saw is family. Isn't it funny that it's the Sawyer family? People who saw? And Leatherface kills people with a chainsaw? Yeah, and then the next movie, it's uh, the remakes are uh, the Hewitts. It's weird. And then they go Ugh. back to the um, Sawyer family with... Um, 3D and Leatherface. That's that's another thing. Is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface because this is the third one, and then they have another movie just called Leatherface, which is the prequel. I'm to- tired. I'm tired <laughs> of horror movies. We are we are not even close to being done with Texas Chainsaw hey, Massacre. We are we are halfway through by movie, probably less than halfway through by minutes of movie, since some of these are short, but. And the newer ones are probably on the longer side, but we are halfway through the films and it's all, well, it's mostly downhill from here. I think Gear Marine likes the reboot. It's not like amazing movie, but it has its own merits. Yeah. And then I'm mostly just dreading the other three that I think they're all pretty bad from what I've heard. Uh, the prequel is like just straight up, not a fun movie to watch. It's very depressing. Yep. Cool. Um, cool. 3D is frustrating, and I've never seen Leatherface. And the only thing good about it, apparently, it's co- uh, co-written by um, uh, Gunnar Hansen, who originally played Leatherface, and it's another origin story. So we have two origin stories to go through with Leatherface. It's a preboot. Yay! Great. Like speaking of preboots, like this movie was originally like New Line Cinema made this movie because they wanted to cash in on the slasher boom that was going on. Well, dying because it was the late night. It was, you know, the early nineties, and yeah, this was nineteen ninety, right on, right on the turn of the decade. Yeah, and they went like, "Oh, we have Texas Chainsaw. Let's make Leatherface a, uh, you know, another slasher film." And this movie bombed. And what ended up happening was they just ended up buying the rights to the Friday the Thirteenth uh, series, and then three years later, they made Jason Goes to Hell. 
God, why couldn't why couldn't, why couldn't Leatherface go to space? Man. Yeah, the, I, would, I would like to see the like Leatherface is in Mortal Kombat. Why can't you put him in space? He was. In, why can't we have the TX Dash Four S massacre where it's a planet that's like <laughs> Texas and Leatherface lives there? Come on, this get creative with people. This cannibal alien family. Cyborg. Yes, I'm down. You you'd have like a you'd have a like a a passing cargo ship that has to like stop down there for repairs and refueling, and they get attacked by Leatherface and a bunch of like Borderlands characters. Basically, yeah. it, it writes itself. It writes itself. Yep. Are you listening to us, current rights holders of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Who yeah, who, you should. Yeah, who yeah. Who does hold the rights to Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, because uh, who lost them? Because someone lost them after that Leatherface bombed at the box office. So Leatherface was uh, distributed by Lionsgate. Production was Campbell Groveman Films, Mainline Pictures, and Millennium Films. Oh, it's always a good sign when you have that many production companies on yeah, it. Yeah, this this uh, company, like basically this studio. Not studio. Franchise has been like around by so many different companies. It was first movie was independent, second movie was Canon, third movie was New Line Cinema, fourth movie was Platinum Dunes, which is what's a subsidiary of that? It sounds familiar, know. but I'm I Platinum don't know. Platinum Dunes is Michael head, Bay's uh, um what is it? Uh company. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The reboot was Bay it was uh Texas Baysaw Massacre. God I don't know. Michael Bay has somehow managed to get his Hands on both, oh, on all three: Texas Chainsaw, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street. <sighs> so it's not clear who currently has the rights because it just says that they lost them. It doesn't say who they went to. So it says um, uh, Lionsgate and Millennium Films had lost the rights due to the time it took to release it. So I guess that. That leaves probably the one last production company who was still in there. So that'd be Campbell Grobman Films, which is, I don't think they have many credits. I think that might just be like the Texas Chainsaw Holding Company or something. So they've done the resort, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. What? Oh, it's a sequel to Hitman. Okay, fine, fine. Hitman's Bodyguard. I gotcha. But that's interesting. I wonder where that'll go. Uh, they say, like There's one news article saying it'll probably reboot again. Oh my Ugh. god, let's let's all go yes. opening day to the Texas Chainsaw 7 reboot. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to have a third movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it'll be like only 17 years since the last reboot. Well, I guess it's well no, the last reboot with the same title. It'll only have been a few years since the last reboot. God, I love horror movies. Aren't they good? Yeah. I <laughs> This movie was good. I cannot wait. This was it's the whole the whole tangled mess of horror movies that is sarcastically good, I suppose. You know what's weird about this movie? They they live in a very nice house, other than the weird skeleton room, which is kind of unsettling. Yeah, there's rooms full of bones, but other than that, the house looks fine. Like that was actually kind of unsettling how nice the house looked. They had modern appliances and a microwave. They had an entire. You got to upgrade sometimes, you know. You know, like Texas is really thinking about getting a 4K TV. Oh, God, I'm just trying to think about what horrible, awkward things the reboot could do and be like, oh, the, the Sawyer family are millennials now. And it's going to be written by someone who is like 57 <laughs> years old and doesn't know what a millennial is. He's just like, oh, millennials are things that are bad. Leatherface eats avocado toast in this one. God, kill me I now. Just like, he's, see. Like, he's got 
he's like fucking wiping his like blood or guts or whatever on like some weird avocado bread and just eating it. He just drizzles some some like body juice on a, a slice of avocado toast and eats it through the mask. He's got he's just got a shit ton of like piercings and body mods on him. I'm just thinking. Motherface, subscribe to title. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking like uh, Leatherface attacking the. The, the, the poor couple who's driving along the Texas back road this time and they they get lost because their data connection craps out and they don't have Google Maps to tell them yeah, where to go. And, and then they and then they start filming on their phones and I don't know, they're like <laughs> They're gonna do shaky cam. Ninety minutes of shaky cam. But it's gonna be but it's gonna be like edited in at the last minute, like in like in Justice League. So <laughs> everyone's gonna be poorly CG'd. Someone's gonna CG out Leatherface's mustache <laughs> just to complete the cycle. Oh, that would be so good. Uh, anyway, watch yeah. this movie. This is a perfectly enjoyable slasher this horror. Movie, action, this movie, this movie, motherfucking rules. Watch it. This is a drink beer and hoot and holler at the horror movie with your friends we were, type movie. It's got the kills needed for that. You'll cringe a little bit, but it, it's it's a movie you can experience socially we were, and enjoy it. Like we were pretty active we were on Discord. We were hooting and hollering in the entire time. It was some good shit. Rowdy boys. Rowdy boys. Extremely ra- rowdy boys. All right. Well, that's that's that's. We'll come back at you when we review whatever next movie it might be. Might be the remake. Yeah. Might not be. Yeah. Well, we need to take at least one movie break before we do another one of these, especially a Michael Bay one. Oh, yeah. Is the next one the Michael Bay one? Yes. Yeah, uh, buddy. Do watch four again. No, 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 no. I promised, I promised if we ever watch four again, I would quit this podcast, and I'm sticking to my fucking laurels there. Like, There's some bad things in the world and people who I wish bad things upon, but none of those bad things include Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Not even my enemies. That's like that's like beyond torture. Anyway. Anyways, uh, read the what? outro, you goofball. Hello, thanks for listening to the Chudcast. You can find us on Twitter at Chudcast, spelled C-H-U-D-C-A-S-T. If you like the podcast, please help support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/Chudcast, or uh, post about our episodes on Twitter and other stuff. We could really use the support to get more people to listen to our wonderful podcast where we talk about movies. A totally unique concept. Uh, I'm Gordon. You can find me on Twitter at Gordon1470. My co-hosts are Rain. You can find him on Twitter at BroRain, spelled B-R-O-R-A-Y-N, and Gearmarine, who is on Twitter at Gearmarine, who still may not be entirely real, and who you can find in a gas station in the middle of nowhere in Texas, sitting inside of a Coke machine, Wait, no, Pepsi machine. Fuck. Trying trying desperately to play Fortnite until there's a weird knocking at the machine. Getting closer and closer. <laughs> and that...